Episode 19 of the Bearded Carcast Season 3. This is the final one of the decade, Dave. Well, here's the thing, though. You said that on the last one, and then we decided to do another. So, while theoretically... The really last one of the Theoretically, decade. this is the last one of the decade. Who is to say on the 31st at 11 o'clock, you're not going to call up and be like, hey, I've had a couple of cocktails. I'd like to do another Bearded Carcast. An emergency Bearded Carcast. What would the emergency be? Panthers hire a coach? Wow, a lot of... Th- well, that could potentially happen. I don't think it will happen in the next What uh, other emergency hours? could prompt a bearded car cast? Well, there's plenty. There are? Yeah, I mean, uh, if somebody here changes how they uh, do ball screens, I mean, that, that Maybe can... your approach to ties? My approach to ties, If yeah. your necktie approach... Is that your is that your New Year's resolution? Any change in the necktie? No. Uh, I'm, I'm staying constant with the necktie. For some reason, it seems the striped tie has been in fashion longer than I thought it was well, going to be. Well, I don't be. know if you're doing your fashion these days or John is. Yeah, no, this one's mine. Uh, I should have done... Well, see, here's the thing. All right, so I got two shirts and two ties. For Christmas. From John. Okay. And uh, so I wore uh, one combination on uh, Saturday for the women's game against Hampton. And they won. And they won. Upset win. Right. So I'm thinking about using the other shirt and tie for the men's game on Saturday that we have at Campbell, thinking if the first one's got a win You didn't want to use it today and see if the women could go 2-0 and in conference play? Yeah, but, you know, that's... It's Share fi- the wealth? It's a fickle fate, yeah. You don't know how long something's going to last. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Spread the so, wealth. The NFL playoffs are here. The college football championship game is now said. But I think that the most recent news is Ron Rivera is now the yeah. coach of the Washington Redskins. Right. And the report this morning is that Jack Del Rio is joining him. It's interesting, right? Um, I think it's the right hire for the Redskins. I, you know, It's hard to speak for other people, right? I mean, there's obviously things about this job that are appealing to him. Uh, from the outside, not knowing... Uh, I I don't know why you'd want to take the Redskins job. Uh, well, we don't know what his other options are. That's well, that's true. That's true. There, there may... aren't as many jobs open no, as expected. Dallas may still open. Jacksonville apparently is not, not opening. opening. Yeah. So if you if Ron Rivera could have any of the open jobs, and I don't think, but look at all the guys have that have gone in there, and I mean, good oh, name, I reputation guys that have gone work. in there. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to work because if it didn't work with Mike Shanahan and. You didn't work with Steve Spurrier, and it didn't work with any of the last six guys. Why is it going to work with Ron? Right. But from a Redskins perspective, having an adult in the room, having a responsible person in charge, that's very appealing. Well, and he, you know, he, he built a, a good program in Carolina, went to the Super Bowl. They did have three straight division titles. Now, they didn't have back to winning seasons. Did he build anything here? He just built on what John had built on. Well, if you remember, though, the cupboard was somewhat bare when, you know, that, that I mean, don't forget, John's last season was... They were terrible. They were horrible. Right. So um, it wasn't like when Dave Gettleman took over from Marty Herney when you said, hey, the, you know, a lot of the... Yeah, it wasn't a clean transition, but in terms no, but you of think about the it, right? infrastructure I mean, for the... But, but he, and, he and Marty, uh, so Ron Rivera and Marty Herney, they, they drafted Luke, uh, Cam Newton, right? So that was the first building block. Then they got, uh, the next year, Luke Keekley. Um, they had that trade that brought Greg Olson in. I mean, so a lot of the core pieces of the of the run came after John Fox, not before it's John Fox. It's interesting, though, that you say Ron Rivera and Marty Herney, because obviously there was a stage with Dave Gettleman as well, and neither of those guys are in Washington. So it's unclear how much power Ron is going to have with player personnel. It's also unclear 
whether that's something he's good at or not, because it, we don't know really how much impact he had in Carolina in that respect. Well, and this is is this one of those things like the the Bills where he's going to have a say in who right. the general managers, which I would think if you're going to bring in Ron Rivera first, I think the indication is that you're going to bring someone that he feels like he can work yep. with. I mean, it makes no sense to bring in But do we know what his philosophy is, so to speak, on player personnel? Um, I, I guess if you can look at who the Panthers have drafted over the years. I mean, if you believe everything you hear or if you believe things that you hear, you know, in the in the press conferences, it was every every time they made a draft, it was always everything was in concert with everybody else. So, I mean, I, I don't know that he is, is – um, with Dave Gettleman, you knew it was, we're going to draft hog mollies. We're going to, you know um, – so with – I don't know. Clear cut, probably not, but I think if you – Look at what Carolina did over the last eight years. I think you can probably get a sense of what they're looking at. So how is, compare, contrast, Dwayne Haskins and Cam Newton? Obviously small sample size with Haskins. I don't think he's nearly the athlete. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's, that's – I don't know that I, I could give you a good answer on that. I, I think it's an incomplete grade. It's interesting, though, that Ron takes the job. Obviously, there's some stigma working with Daniel Snyder, but you would think he must be giving a big thumbs up to Haskins because you're not going there for the organizational infrastructure. You're going there for an opportunity. And if there's one building block, and and Terry McLaurin's a good wide receiver, and they should get something for their best player, the the defensive end who sat out, or the uh, the offensive tackle who sat out all year. But you look at the future of the Redskins, and it's Dwayne Haskins. If he's good, they're going to be good. And if he's not, it's it's a rebuild. Well, and that was part of the reason why Jay Gruden's gone, right? Because he was kind of slow to embrace Haskins. Yeah, I mean, I think Jay Gruden was gone because he wasn't very good at his job. No, but I think there's, but there's, I mean, there's more yeah, than one absolutely. thing. That, I mean, it's not Dan just Snyder, one thing that gets you fired. Absolutely. And Dan Snyder clearly was picking among candidates who would get on board with Dwayne Haskins. Right. That's his guy. Well, it's kind of like a little bit like what Jerry Jones does, right? I mean, it's like the owner has a, a certain piece in mind and tries to work everything around it as yep. opposed to trying to get the right pieces and, and make everything mold around that. Right. And, and you know, y- you spent your first round pick on him. And he played, I don't know, a half dozen games. Yeah. And I think he was inconsistent. That's probably what you expect from a young player who doesn't have a huge amount around him. So now he's Ron's for good or for bad. When you go back and think about Cam Newton's evolution, how quickly did he become a quality NFL starter? Probably... I mean, it took probably a year or two. I mean, he did, don't forget, he put up some really gaudy numbers his, his rookie year. Um, I would say, and it culminated with his best year, which was obviously the MVP year in 2015. Um, I mean, yeah, it probably took a good year year or two for him to... So maybe Dwayne Haskins is already partly into that. So he had half a year, a quarter a year. Now he gets a new coach who signs yeah. a five-year well, deal I think the who's going to be though, there is, for a bit. I think the, the circumstances are completely different, but, you know, you know, Cam Newton, I, th- I think there were still some pieces on the defense that they st- still need to have. And if you're looking at the, from the team concept, I'm just trying to go back to his, his rookie year. I mean, he had some really big numbers. He had that 400-yard game right out of the gates. You know, Haskins t- really didn't do that. I mean, he, he t- like you said, he was inconsistent, but he didn't really have great numbers off the bat. I, I, like I said, and you said before, like, I don't know if, if it's fair to even compare 
But do you agree or disagree that in order for Ron to take the job, because we don't know what other opportunities he had, but it seems reasonable to think that there were other teams willing or interested in pursuing him. Would you agree that he must have evaluated Dwayne Haskins and said, I can work with this guy? Totally. Totally. Because, and don't forget, uh, I mean, one, I think one of the advantages Ron had in the job interview is that he faced the Redskins this year. Right. So he was able to say, hey, this is this is why you weren't successful. This is what I would do differently. Or this is how it – so absolutely. And, you know, and, and don't forget, I mean, Ron's always part of the evaluation process going into the draft. So, you know, they, they had a – you know, they had a scouting report. They had a draft grade. They, they right. did intelligence. So absolutely. I, I mean, the, to me – not only did they have a draft grade, they were looking for a quarterback and eventually drafted Will Greer. So there's right. no doubt that they had done their sure, due sure, diligence sure. Right. on correct. him. Correct. Yeah, correct. I, I mean, I I don't know. I don't know that I've watched Haskins enough to say I think he's going to be great or I think he's going to be a bust. But it seems to me that they're going to bring in a GM and they're going to bring in a defensive coordinator and all that. But this is a we will go as far as Ron and Dwayne Haskins take us and. The evaluation by Ron has to be. I think Dwayne Haskins is is the first piece of the puzzle. Well, there's no doubt about it. And, and one of the selling points for Ron Rivera was, again, if, if you think about uh, similar styles, not to say that they're exactly alike, um, but you know, Ron does have experience coaching a modern NFL quarterback. Right. That That's the thing about Haskins, though. Is he that? We didn't see that this year. He had only 20 total run attempts the whole year. But maybe that's the system he was in. Maybe that's getting comfortable. Maybe that's the next evolution. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. It, it, it'll be interesting to see. Any other thoughts on the coaching stuff? I mean, today the report out of Waco is that Matt Rule is not interested in NFL jobs. That is and, amazing to me, and, and, and I and I say that. It's funny. I was thinking about this the other day uh, when the first round of "He's Not Interested" came out, and I said, "You know, it's interesting. Everybody feels like there's this natural progression that everybody who wants to be in in the college game has to go to the NFL." And I would say this, Dave, when you look at money and facilities, the modern college game, I think, is from a financial standpoint and a facility standpoint has almost like not quite equal with the NFL, but let's face it. I mean, what's he making at, at Baylor? Yeah, a chunk of dough. Right? I mean, five, six, seven right. million dollars a year, right? They have a beautiful facility. They have the, the indoor practice facility. I mean, so you're, as a college coach, you have, look, there's more things you have to worry about when it comes to like NCAA and all that stuff, but you're your own GM. You, so you control a lot more of the aspect than you do in the NFL when now you have somebody, you know, you have more layers above you. You have an owner you have to worry about. You have a general manager in the, you know, in the, in the college ranks, you have an athletic director and a, and a college president, right? So, and it's, it's, it's two different scenarios. Now you have to recruit, whereas, you know, in the NFL, you don't really have to necessarily worry about recruiting as much. I mean, it's a different type of recruiting. Uh, you're recruiting free agents and, the, you know, money kind of has a big say in all yeah. that, right? And so, you know, and I don't know. I mean, it used to seem like the progression was always like, oh, if you were a high-level NFL or high-level college guy, naturally you'd want to be an NFL guy. But how many guys really make that leap? Uh, Pete Carroll has been successful. There have been a whole bunch that have not, whether it be Nick Saban or Steve yeah. Spurrier. And I well, think it seems like the jump, Dave, becomes more at the lower level where 
you know, maybe you're a coordinator or you're a position coach and you jump over to the NFL and then you work your way up that way. Yep, we see that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would say Arizona was better this year than maybe I expected them to be with yeah. Cliff Kingsbury. But again, is that Cliff Kingsbury or is that having the number one overall pick and a quarterback that definitely showed some real signs this year? How about, I, I think the bigger story in coaches' firings and coaches' hirings is the guys that didn't get fired. It seemed to me that Jacksonville, and I know that they beat the Colts the last week of the year, they basically had given up on Doug Marone. They were well, bad. Well, they fired Tom Coughlin uh, the They fired week Tom before. Coughlin. They were 6-10. and 10. They were outscored by 100 points, and he's back. Did, did that come as a surprise to I you? I thought so. I thought so. Because I think they've been one of those teams where everybody has kind of put them in the playoff picture every year, and it's been hit or miss. Yeah. Freddie Kitchens was no that was surprise. No that was not a surprise. I, I mean, it just no. it, it, it didn't work. Atlanta, I think, was interesting because not only did they, they bring back um, you know Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, but then Arthur Blank kind of went on the uh, – the state media and kind of explained his decision. That proves what you were saying about the Panthers, that I didn't really believe that the the last month of the year can matter. I mean, they ran off four meaningless wins and all of a sudden everybody is still employed. I mean, they were whatever, three and nine and they finished seven and nine and that's good enough. But, but also remember this too, right? So Arthur Blank's a businessman and I'm not saying this was the right decision, but think about it. Results, yes, you want to look at the 10,000-foot picture, right? But sometimes you can get caught up in the the last four or five weeks. That's what I think happened. I mean, they were bad. And that's a team, and maybe we just get overexcited and ooh and ah over Julio Jones. But I think that also goes to personnel. I think when you like somebody, if you genuinely like somebody and then they they rip off that type of stretch, you're like, okay, I'll give them another chance. I mean— I don't know what's going to happen. I guess the indication is still that Jason Garrett is going to get fired, but apparently that's what's going on in Dallas. They can't make a decision. The, the season ended a few days ago. How could they not know? So I'm ashamed to say this. Not ashamed. I shouldn't say that's not That's not a nice thing to say. Disappointed. I'm disappointed in uh, a, dis- a decision that my son has made. So I've paid a little bit more attention to the Cowboys Right. This Your year. son— at one time, cheered for the yeah. Panthers, well, kind of like the Giants. Patriots, well, he still kind of like the Giants. Yeah. He, he's got like a, a mesh of teams. Now he the Cowboys is kind Cowboys. of his, he's a front runner right now, which is weird because the Cowboys they stink. stink. I know, but so almost every game that I watched with him or was able to watch pieces with him, uh, and their season was like this, right? So they're leading, they give up the lead, they get back in the lead, they lose the lead, they have a chance at the at the end of the game to either tie or win, and they right. <laughs> And then, but that's exactly... And that's been Jason Garrett's whole yeah, career. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many games that they should... I mean, they should have been the division winners. The Eagles sting too, absolutely. Yeah. They're 9-7, they the Eagles. Neither of those teams are any Although they've good. Won, they've won, I think, six out of their last nine and in the last four. they found a way. Yeah. But, like, how With, with no-name guys, I too. I feel like Jason Garrett is in the same boat as Dan Quinn and is in the same boat as Doug Marone. Do you really think that if you bring those guys back next year, they're going to win 10, 11 games, go to the playoffs, win a division, and be in the AFC or NFC championship game? Like, What's the best-case scenario if you bring back any of those guys? They're going to be marginally better. Maybe they're going to be in the playoffs, and you're still not going to be inspired. Yeah. The sample size is not one or two years. Right. We've seen plenty right. of these guys. They're okay at their job. Like, 
if they get fired and somebody else hires them and you're just trying to like not have Freddie Kitchens, you want to have someone that like, you know, is okay. They're all fine. But we've seen a large enough sample from all of them to know that this is not Andy Reid. This is not Bill Belichick. And this isn't the young guy who you go, I could imagine how yeah. he could become. They're fine, okay, mediocre. But, but that's if not good enough. This is a billion dollar enterprise. But think of it too, like so, because you know not everything's in a in a in a bubble, right? So you look at Atlanta and you say, okay, the Saints are the Saints, right? But Tampa Bay, even though they have a good coach, Jameis Winston set a record. I think he, he's the first guy in NFL history with thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. It's hard to imagine how they're going to be really good. They right. might be okay. And they Carolina m- has is up in our is up in the air because you know Cam Newton is he back? Uh, uh, you know does Olsen's Tepper, done? Is Dol- yeah, I mean there's a hundred million Keekly's questions. getting right, older. Right, yeah, right, right. Lots of questions. So, so you're thinking, all right, we have, you know if you're Atlanta, it's okay. We win these last four games. We still have Matt Ryan. We still have. Uh, you know all these weapons on offense. You know they have a young defense, so you know maybe maybe they're not thinking Saints, but they're thinking okay, we get we have a chance to be a wild card. We have a chance to improve. And maybe that's it. Maybe they're not thinking it's a teardown, start over, and they want the continuity of someone that's been there. Yeah. I just I'm not inspired. Like if your coach is well, a Jacksonville guy, to me is the bigger surprise. It seems like they but disappoint again, I mean, every not a, year. But Houston's not a juggernaut, right? Indianapolis faltered, so I mean, I don't know. I just like when you assess a coach and I think you and I have said for weeks that you better hire someone better than you have. And maybe that's it. The candidate pool isn't that good. I mean, Greg Roman is rumored to be a head coaching job. Didn't he get fired in the middle of last season? Or maybe it was two seasons ago. (laughs) I mean, like like, when you look at the candidate pool, all of a sudden, maybe Doug Marone and Jason Garrett look that much better. I and when you well look at and Josh McDaniel, he's the guy that uh, you ask out on a date, and when you get picked up, he says, "No thanks, I'm staying home tonight." Right? You know? Yeah. So there, there is, there is something to be said about maybe the candidates just aren't that good, and therefore what you've got makes some sense, and and particularly if there's a financial piece to the puzzle. Let's move on to the playoffs. Um, what happened to your Patriots on Sunday? Well, let's historically they've always had trouble with Miami. Not at home. Uh, not at home, but um, I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, I I was doing the Panthers post game show, so I didn't get to see it. I just kind of read about it. Um, you know, you figure you, you think when they would take the lead uh, at the end there that that they would be able to hold on to it, and then uh, you you know um, Chung gives up a, a touchdown in the end zone, and then they had this like bizarre like. Uh, I don't even know what you call it. I mean, it was the laterals and the fumbles. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and I saw a great thing online that Ryan Fitzpatrick has now beaten the Patriots as the quarterback for the other three teams in the AFC East. He's beaten them with Buffalo yeah. and the Jets and with the Dolphins. That's going to be a record that's going to stand forever. So it's 20-1. to 1. Yeah, That's what the Patriots are to win the Super Bowl right now. You buying or selling 20-1. to 1. Well, it's a five dollar bet to win a hundred. Five dollar. I mean, I would, I would, I would do that, but I wouldn't. I'm, I'm not saying I'm confident that it's a. It's How a confident are you that they beat Tennessee this week? I think they beat Tennessee. I, it's fine. I do too. My roommate, uh, who's a crusty New Englander and uh, rides as you would think a Boston person does. You know, opening day, everything's great, and at the end of the year, everybody sucks. Uh, right. So four weeks into the year, they're going <laughs> sixteen and zero, yeah, yeah. and now it's it's over. The whole yeah, thing's yeah, over. Yeah, we got to blow it up and start over next year. Well, what are your thoughts on that? There are rumors that 
whether he gets a head coaching job or not, that that McDaniel's gone and Casero is gone, and, and they're I don't know. I I, I well, Casero is a different story. I, I and I think he was blocked last year. I don't think he had a choice in that matter. Um, I think he's probably more likely to go. I think Josh McDaniel's waiting for Bill Belichick to say, you know what, I'm I'm just I've had it. I'm done. I really like the Patriots this week. They're four and a half point favorites over Tennessee. No, I like them this and week. And I think it's the 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 momentum, the narrative is, wow, they lost a game they couldn't lose to Miami at home, and it's all falling apart, and it's a disaster. I think you stack up these two teams. You want Bill Belichick game planning against Ryan Tannehill, or you want to go the other way with that? Well, I'd look at it this way, Dave, and, and I know you're more analytical, and, and I'm kind of more on the emotional side of things. They're going to come in pissed off this week. Yeah. I, I, and, I mean, and I think they're going to be hyper-motivated. Unless it's just over. The breakup is here, and, and it's done. I don't think that's the case. I don't either. I don't think that's the case. What uh, about the other AFC game, Buffalo and Houston? Any opinion? You know, not really. I mean, uh, you know, I've never been – I'm not a huge Buffalo fan, um, and maybe that's just a bias from, from being a New England fan all these years. But I do like – uh, Sean McDermott, obviously he was here with Caroline, did a good job. Brandon Bean. I think they've totally overachieved. I don't think they have think that they good do. of players. I think they're really, really well run and really disciplined, but I don't think they're like overly talented. No, and you would think Houston, uh, I mean, I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I, I don't know that I have a strong opinion one way or the other who's going to win, but uh, when you look at. Uh, I think it's the opposite of that. I don't think it's an entertaining game, but I think it's a close, tight game. Well, maybe close, tight game is the better way to put it, but. Yeah, I, I mean, that's the game we'll miss because we have Winthrop and Campbell. And if Here's we're going to miss thing, one, even, that's even, the one to miss. No, matters. but I will say this. Uh, uh, there's a difference between a 17-10 game in the regular season and a 17-10 to playoff game. Yeah, and th- and this could be 21-20 yeah. with one team has the ball, final drive going down, and we'll be listening to it on the satellite radio on the way back from Bowie's Creek. What about the NFC? What did yeah, we got to get home by 8. What, yeah, exa- <laughs> yes, we do. That means I'll be driving. What, what, what did you make of Seattle and San Francisco on Sunday night? Wow, that was um, – so I was I – was, uh, this is kind of my New Year's resolution. I started early. So I was, I was doing some prep work uh, and watching that game at the same time. New Year's resolution, watch more yeah. football? Watch more fo- – no, work and watch at the same time, not do one or the other. But um, I almost woke up my wife. She'd fallen asleep, and, I, and because uh, I came in to watch the, f- the fourth quarter, and, you know, in the bedroom, and I was going to wake her up for it. Because I mean, it was just a, a fascinating. They were throwing haymakers. Oh, it was. It was. To me, I, I just remember looking at it with 12 seconds to go, and uh, and there was so much on the line. So much on the line. I was like, this is the way a game, the last game of the year of the hundredth season of the NFL, with with you know home playoffs throughout on the line should should go and. Um, the fact that uh, it came to like a quarter of an inch. Yep. It reminded you of that Super Bowl with Tennessee and, and the Rams. Actually, you know what? I, I reversed uh, on this one. It actually reminded me more of the Super Bowl the Patriots beat the, the uh, Seahawks. Yep, that one too. Because uh, so when, when Font goes down, you know, they get back to the line and then they spike it. I don't know why it took 30 seconds to get a play in. Like, and maybe it was confusion over whether he was going to stay in. I, mean, I don't know what happened, but. I mean, whatever you do, you get beast mode in there, you run that sucker in. See, I couldn't disagree with that more. It's the same thing as the Super Bowl. I don't believe running the ball was the right play because if you run the ball and he doesn't get in, that's the end of the game. Well, I think it was if still 20. Ball, there was like 20, wasn't there like 22 seconds left? I, I don't know. I mean, the, if you run the ball at absolute best, you have one more yeah. play. 
I think you want to get as many plays as possible. Yeah. You throw the ball three times. You I, get think three shots time, out I think it. there was more time. I think there was more time on the on the. I think there's more time. I, on I the, don't think on running it to a guy who hasn't played football in a year and a half, doesn't know your playbook, and now running him in. I think that was actually the mistake. Keep him off the field. You've got Russell Wilson, one of the best players in the world. Let him do the Russell Wilson deal. Well, or, and, and I would say this might have been the play. I mean, you know, Pete Carroll doesn't consult with me. He I, doesn't? I, no. Well, that's a mistake. I that's probably, why they're playing this week. Well, and I, so th- this goes back to my, and don't, I don't know why. Because it's not comparable talent, uh, skill level, all that. But it, but philosophically, it goes back to when I was playing in college. Uh, I, I would pl- I probably would have done play action there. Well, I would have thrown the ball regardless. Like I, I, like I'm not saying okay. Handoff was one thing. I would I would have had him in there because he he he's going to draw attention, right? So if you if you do a, if you do a really good uh, play action there and you draw some people in, then maybe you bring in somebody on the backside, throw it over the top. Uh, I, so if if chalk, I am w- available. By the way, if anybody's an <laughs> offensive coordinator, if New Orleans beats Minnesota, and, and I think Minnesota's fine, but New Orleans is probably New Orleans better. Is a better team. So then New Orleans would go to Green Bay, right. and we'd right. have San Francisco. Although if they signed Antonio Brown, I think the whole world would be Ooh. rooting for Minnesota. I, I, I like the twist. Only if he was able to play, because he yeah, probably no, be he won't be able to play. But but then you would have San Francisco and Seattle for a third time. How do you look at the NFC playoffs? Do you look at it as San Francisco's got home field advantage. They're the best team. Do you like New Orleans who has to play the first week? How does Seattle play into it? Where does Green Bay fit? Like, how do you look at that landscape? Well, I mean, San Francisco, just they, they, they've showed me a lot all year long because I wasn't a big believer in them early, but uh, just week after week, um, you know, the, the, and the, just coming up huge, making the big plays at the end there. And, and you know, the, that game almost was a runaway. I mean, it was 13 nothing, and, you know, so I still think it goes through San Francisco. Um, so if those teams play again, fairly likely scenario. I, to me, it's it's a toss up. I mean, it's like, I mean, you'd like to think because they're at home that they're worth three points, but you know, Seattle. You cannot count out Russell Wilson. Like people have tried to doubt him for years. Uh, to your point earlier, I mean, how how many times has he been in that situation where you think the game is? You know, not over, but it's like, okay. You know. Seattle, to me, and the Patriots feel very similar this year. Like, intellectually, Seattle has a bunch of injuries. It seems like New England's on the backside of things. Like, I want to pick against them. I will pick San Francisco if they play San Francisco, not this weekend, but next week. If they play Seattle. If they play Seattle. But... It is hard to forget what we've seen over the last five or ten years, and Seattle has won a lot of big games. New England's won even more big games. If New England is playing at Kansas City the second weekend of the playoffs, who are you going to pick? Oof. I mean... I'm going to pick Kansas City, and I'm going to pick San Francisco, yeah. but I'm not going to feel confident no, in it. No, I mean, I would, I would say the opposite. I would pick New England in that situation, but I wouldn't feel confident. What about Seattle? Seattle? Again, that's a toss-up to me. I mean, um, I mean, they could win. I, I I could see them winning. I can envision that. I could also, envision, but I, I would envi- I would be more surprised that it, if the game didn't come down to something similar to what we saw. Who are the Sunday four night. best teams right now? Right now, I'd say it's San Francisco, Seattle, Baltimore, and probably Kansas City. Maybe Kansas City, New England. I think that's that's a close top. Yeah, I think it's San Francisco, New Orleans. Baltimore and I don't know maybe yeah. maybe Seattle yeah maybe the winner of New England and Kansas City I like yeah. those three NFC teams 
uh, well, certainly the two, San Francisco and New Orleans, Seattle, because they're a little banged up, not quite as much. Before we call today on our yeah. final bearded carcass, we think right. the of, ultimate final uh, of this year. That second college football game was wow, just was, tremendous. I mean, to me, it reminded me. Um, well, it didn't remind me because it happened first. But I mean, it, you could put it in the same category as that Seahawks exactly 49ers game. And there were so many big plays, and there was so much controversy. Got robbed, though. Do you think so? I think so. Why? I well, I think. Well, I guess. I guess you could make the argument that even if they scored the touchdown there, that that wasn't game over, right? The defensive but touchdown. The defensive touchdown. Did you think that that? Should... I, I thought he'd made a football move. He had he had had possession of the ball, and it was stripped away. I thought live, it was an incomplete pass. Then they went to the slowdown replay, and it clearly looks like exactly what you just said, that he has the ball, he makes a football move, and then they reverse it. What should we be judging it on? Replays at full speed or replays slowed down? Well, you and I have talked about this uh, a lot about replays, and I feel like uh, it's Pandora's box. Like Once you open up that door... uh, like I don't think you can say you can only review it at, at full speed because you have the technology to see it to its logical conclusion, especially when you're talking about two feet and you know it, it's. I think it's a little bit different in the NFL because at least with a catch in the college game, you know when we're, we're talking about like sideline boundary plays and like touchdowns, like one foot in. Okay, that's that's easier to, you know, and in fact that's probably even easier to do live, with some exceptions, right? Um, but I think at some point you have to make a decision. Like to your point, do you want to do? Do we want to do it just in live time? Do we want to accept the fact that officials are part of the game? And Were you they make shocked, a mistake like I was, that the officiating expert on that game was so quick and so bold to say incomplete, and the play-by-play and the color guy are going, eh. I don't think so. <laughs> like, like usually, you're yeah. in the booth, you have a working relationship. And more often than not, people agree or can see each other's sure, sure, side sure. of it. The officiating expert right. was like quick to say, nope, it's an incomplete pass. Right, right. And, and Fowler and Herb Street are like, I don't think so, yeah. guy. What do you watch? And, yeah. and then the official on the field or, or whoever's reviewing it agreed with the official yeah. in the booth. Like, are we missing something here? It's this big debate. But the official talking on TV, the official at the game called it they the same it way. the same way. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, my fear is that, um, like, we want, we all agree that we want to get it right. Uh, I think at some point you have to accept, though, if we're going to do like the Bill Belichick replay everything, um, I, I think uh, my only concern is speed of the game, like or pace of the game. I mean, at some point you could really slug, slug, you know, slog a game down by doing all this replay stuff. But you know, at the end of the day, we have the technology now to do it right. I mean, I'm still in favor of a live, you know, a live referee who can make calls from the booth, who's watching the the TV, you know, because they have the, they can communicate. Were you with each okay other. with the targeting call in that game? Um, I'm trying to remember it. It was it, the quarterback. It was uh, the quarterback for for Clemson got smoked on a third down, and they replayed it. They called oh, targeting. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, gave yeah, him yeah, the yeah, first yeah, down, yeah. and then that led to right, right, their right, first right, touchdown. Right. Um, yeah, I, I seem to remember think live that I thought maybe it was. Wasn't the right call, but I'm, I'm not really. I mean, that was another huge yeah. call, and and I thought it was the right call, but it wasn't a hundred percent. It yeah. was a seventy thirty yeah. or what have you. Um, it's interesting though. You think Ohio State got robbed, and, and 
certainly several calls went against them. But it seems to me they were in the red zone four times, kicked three field goals, and then failed towards the end of the game. And they dropped several passes. Like, they were in control of the game. And they could have been up 21-0 or or 28-0 or whatever it was. They they didn't seize that opportunity. And still late, they had a bunch of opportunities. But at the spot where they they had that... uh the what I thought was a catch and a fumble, which was turned to be an, would have been an Ohio State touchdown. But I think that was a momentum yep. builder. You know oh, I, mean? like, I agree. I think if that is an Ohio State touchdown, Ohio State's going to win the football yeah, game. Yeah. And, and I think, do you think Ohio State was the better team? I I did. Yeah. Like I, I after that game, we had some friends over, and I remember after that game thinking, I, I just thought Ohio State played a little bit better. So what do you think now about? Clemson and Oklahoma. We didn't. Or Clemson and LSU. We didn't talk about Oklahoma and yeah. LSU because there was nothing to talk no, about. Was, I, mean, I mean, that was Joe Burrow was Joe ridiculous. Yeah. But but what what do you think of the matchup now? I'm I'm I love it. I, I mean, I think this was the matchup most people thought was going to happen anyway. Um, you know, even though I thought Ohio State played better than Clemson on that day, I think the conventional wisdom going in was Clemson was well was I think Ohio win. State Clemson I mean we talked about how well we knew we knew that, that game was going to be the tighter right, game and the other game was going to be more and that's why being the number one seed was such a big deal sure. because you had the much easier right. path right 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 but now we have like I don't know if we leave the Oklahoma LSU game thinking Oklahoma was just vastly inferior or because of suspensions they were vastly yeah. inferior. Or you could go away from that and go, oh, my God, LSU is incredible. Yeah. Like, so, so do you look at it now as like, you know, LSU is the number one seed. They blew the tar out of an okay, good, decent, whatever Oklahoma team, and, and they're going to be a, a significant yeah. favorite? Or do you look at it and go, two slugfests, or, or Ohio State and, and Clemson was a slugfest. Clemson survived. Now they have over two weeks to prepare for the game. This should be another great game. I think it should be another great game. You know, you got two really good quarterbacks. Um, arguably the two. I mean, arguably the two best teams in the country. I mean, to me, this should be another game like we had Sunday night in the NFL, where it's going to come down to the last possession. Yeah, the the spread is over a field goal for LSU. Yeah. I I like Clemson. I I think. I mean. How can, uh, Clemson has become the Patriots. Yeah. They don't lose. Yeah, I mean, they, that's true. Uh, when that's is true. the last time? I mean, it's been twenty some games since they lost. But now, don't you, you want to see Ed Orgeron talking after the game on well, live TV? Uh, uh, honestly, like <laughs> as good as LSU has been this year, and hats off to them and their staff and their players and all of that. Ed Orgeron's record before this LSU tenure was not all that special. I think there is a coaching advantage for Clemson in this game. They've been in this game before. They've done this semifinal in the championship game preparation before. They've got Trevor Lawrence, who even if you think Joe Burrow won the Heisman deservedly, and I think everybody thinks that, but even if you think he was the best quarterback this year, most pro people think that that Lawrence is the better long-term prospect I mean, they're two really, really good teams. I think it should be much more closer to a Peckham. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. And you know, and I don't get the sense that LSU, even though they haven't been on this stage, they're not going to be. Look, they play. And a it big is stage in New week. Orleans. Yeah, it's in New I, Orleans. How many LSU I mean, it's gonna fans home, are going to be? It's going to be a home game. Uh, yeah, there are times where I think experience is overrated. Sometimes underrated. Sometimes it's fair. And I think it, the experience factor here is fair, but I don't think LSU is going to be frightened by the stage. Yeah. Should be really fun. I think it's been a good game. New Year's resolutions? 
Um, work and play simultaneously? Is that what yeah, you're... Yeah, work and play simultaneously. Still got to, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm in probably the best shape I've been in 10 years, but I you've still need been, to lose a little you, bit of weight. You yeah. talked about that last year and have yeah. been really, really yeah. on it. I mean, yeah. I mean, what what do they say? That the gym is the busiest place the first two weeks of oh January God, and the, the rest of the year not so much? So I've been doing, uh, since February, I've been doing Orange Theory Fitness. and um, Pretty religiously. Yeah, no, we've, except for uh, the summer I had to, Mix it up a little bit because I, I did something to my hip, but it's 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 fine. So I'm back. I'm back to I'm back to being in the gym like four or five. What about days a, a week. beard? Is there going to be a 2020 beard? I cannot say not that right now. Not starting the I'm decade. I'm not committing the to beard. the. I'm not committing to the beard right now. Okay. Well, not starting the decade. We're not starting the with a decade. No, not starting the decade with a beard. We're very clean shaven and uh, very almost like a Paris Island haircut. Wow. Very well. I mean, so the guy that cuts my hair does a great job but uh do you know when we first got the job at winthrop it was probably uh i don't know eight ten weeks later i was at a basketball practice and after practice i was bsing with coach marshall and i asked because i needed to get a haircut where where do you get your haircut and his answer was you know some guy joe schmo you can't afford him (laughs) (laughs) that's great i don't know if this is uh, my hair doesn't justify i don't know if this is uh a good thing, bad thing, depressing, or uh, something to be celebrated. Um, now, I'm not saying we've been here for three decades, but we are about to span into our third decade of covering okay. Winthrop Athletics. All right. Well, h- how has it gone so far? We haven't gotten Pretty fired. Good. No, we haven't gotten fired. Got a couple of rings. Yeah, more got than a, a couple. Got a bearded car cast. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, everybody. This really is going to be the final... Eat more apples Unless something in 2020. Happens. Oh, eat more apples. Yeah, definitely need to eat more apples. And uh, I got to eat more dim sum, too. Excellent. I All like right. it. We need more trips out west. Yeah, we definitely need more trips out west. That's a, defi- that's, a, that's a decade resolution. Happy New Year, everyone, and thanks for joining us. Please leave us a review if you listen on iTunes. Send us and an Stitcher. email. Don't forget Stitcher now. Beardedcarcast at Outlook.com.